Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show, sponsored by DAZN Bet. Uh, I'm your host, George Ellett, and this is your Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin fight preview. And I'm joined by an expert panel of guests on my left here. We've got George Groves, former super middleweight world champion, and on his left, left Declan Taylor. And you guys together do the GG Boxing Club podcast. Mm. Uh, for those who haven't listened, why should they? This is your audience. Good question. I thought you were going to wear your hoodie. Yeah, I, 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 want, I want one first. Yeah. I still think, um, yeah, George Groves Boxing Club podcast. Uh, 50 eps this week. The 50th ep this week. I thought you meant you've done 50 this week. No, no, just 50th out <laughs> this week. And it's been, uh, yeah, it's been great, isn't it? It's going really going well. well. Yeah. Kind of still new. going. You're, you're more experienced in the podcast world than I am. Yeah. I'm kind of new. But yeah, it's going well. It's really, it's good fun. Looking forward to seeing the chemistry during the show between you guys after 50 yeah, episodes. About yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've got Odds Checkers boxing columnist Peter Morris as well, who's going to be us giving us some tips later. How are yeah. you getting on? Yeah, good. All good. Yeah, looking forward to the fight? Yeah, looking forward to it. Should be good. Yeah, it should be good. The fight, of course, is on Saturday, the 1st of April. So look out for it there. Uh, and we're going to get into the uh, analysis in just a second. But before we do, we have an offer from DAZN Bet. Um, they are sponsoring the show. We're delighted for them for doing that. And they've got a very generous offer for both new and existing customers. The offer is AJ to win by any method boosted from 12 on, 1 to 12, to 10 to 1. Uh, that seems like a pretty value bet in, in my book. Uh, it's available to all DAZN Bet customers uh, from Thursday the 30th of March. The max stake is £1 and winnings will be paid in cash. So max stake £1, AJ to win by any method at 10 to 1. That's an odds boost of over 1,000%. Uh, which, according to my maths, is quite generous. Uh, so that's very good. Cheers to them for that. Our sponsors, you can find the link in the description below this. So do click on that. Sign up for an account with the zone bet if you haven't got one already. Uh, or if, even if you do, you can still make the most of that offer. I think, uh, yeah, any of you guys tipping that that isn't value, I'm going to question your expertise. Um, let's get into the fight. And AJ is, of course, massive favourite for this one. 12 on, as we say, with the zone bet. Um, overwhelming favourite. Or do you reckon this is going to be as easy? I mean, we won't get into your predictions quite yet, but is this going to be as easy as the, as the odds suggest? You, you've got to think so. You've got to think so. You've got to look at what Joshua has been through, what he's capable of. Um, but there's always that question mark. I mean, there's question mark, obviously, in boxing, but for Anthony Joshua now, at this stage of his career, making more changes, um, coming in against a good, a good opponent, um, back on home soil, What's the desire? Like, what, what, what is it that's going to... Is there going to be anything different that we're going to see from, from Joshua this week? I can't see him losing. I think he'll want to win, and win, not just win, but win really well. But, um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think safe money is with Joshua. You know, you've been there in your career, having amazing highs and having to bounce back when things aren't going quite so well. No doubt that Joshua is in the kind of second period now. Mentally, how important is it going to be for him coming into this fight to prove to everyone that he, you know, even against opposition that people don't think is up to his standard, how important is it going to be for him to go forward and do that? Do you think he'll be feeling the pressure? I think so. I think he'll certainly be feeling the pressure, be feeling the difference more than anything else. You know, his first fight in, I'm not sure how many, but it's not a world title fight. It's not mm. a big fight. Um, it, let's get it straight. It doesn't have the same razzmatazz as it has before because it doesn't have that world championship status. Um, so he's made as a, he's got a new trainer now. Um, I think he will be feeling it. You know, he's had to do the rebuild after losing to Andy Ruiz, but he came straight back in with a win. This time round is two back-to-back -back defeats against Alexander Usyk, who is a phenomenal fighter, arguably the best heavyweight in the world right now. 
But yeah, again, it comes down to desire. And as you say, I think um, mental strength. Well, I didn't mean that he's physically strong, but let's see what his mindset is. Declan, where do you think AJ is right now in terms of, of his career and his ability? Yeah, I think that's the main question, the thing that makes this fight interesting. Because as a spectacle, most people, that I'd suggest as well, that Joshua is a big, big favourite and it's a style that's good for him. But all those things you just mentioned, George, is they're the intangibles that make this fight interesting. So the new trainer, he's, he's just lost twice in a row for the first time in his career. You sort of think, what's he doing it for now? He's made over 100 million quid. He's won world titles, the heavyweight world title twice. So you think, what's he, what's he still doing it for? My feeling is that all of that put together is going to make is going to produce a really good Joshua. I think that suggests that he still wants to. He has something to prove. He has this new trainer, Derek James. He's been in Texas, done it properly, no distractions, no hangers-on, just him and his new trainer working. And I think he's going to look to put on a real show. Um, that's my thinking, but you never know. And you never know in boxing, you certainly never know in heavyweight boxing. We sat here before the, the second Usyk fight and we had the same discussion about how Joshua was complacent initially and he was yeah. coming into this one better prepared. He was beaten again, but what do you think we learned from that second fight? I think it was a really good performance from Joshua, actually, mm. in the second fight. It's always difficult to assess someone on a loss, but compared to the first fight, I thought he looked really good. Usyk is a supreme talent and he improved a lot from the first fight as well. The disappointing thing, or the strange thing, is what most people remember about that second fight is the aftermath, yeah. the outburst, the throwing the belts, pointed towards a bit of a breakdown. And I spoke to him at the, the announcement press conference for this fight and you know, just said, what, what was all that about? And he just said it was the culmination of years of pushing the undisputed thing, road to undisputed, wanted to win all the belts, all that stuff, and he failed. And he said, put, hold, held his hands up, failed at what I said and set out to do and it hurt and that was that was it so that overshadowed what was a solid performance probably outside of Tyson Fury the best performance against Usyk that you'll see at heavyweight I think um, even though he lost uh, so I think going into this fight off the back of that yes this is a defeat but it's not like he got chinned by Usyk or he got mm. schooled or anything like that it was a competitive fight that he lost on points and Jermaine Franklin is not a southpaw and he's not Alexander Usyk Peter, a lot of people had to kind of recalibrate what they thought of Joshua, the man, after that outburst in the last fight. Um, where do you see him, you know, with your, with your, your tipping hat on, mm. where do you see him now as a fighter? He's quite a hard fighter to call now, I think. And especially after the last fight when he visibly changed style. Mm. And you could see from, you know, that performance of Zusik, he was doing things he had not done before. Um, and I think that makes him a slightly diff difficult prospect from a betting perspective. Um, He's now changed his trainer again. I think that's a, that is the biggest thing for me in this fight is the impact of his new trainer. Um, and what, is, what sort of Joshua are we going to get in this fight? Because David James's stable are, when I think of his, like his two, his two like, fighters, that are sort of headline fighters, he's got um, El Spence and Jamal Charlo. They are sort of, well, I think it's like the ultimate American sort of boxer puncher. Really aggressive, but very solid fundamentals and really athletic and looking to hurt you. And I sort of think that that could work well with Joshua. Mm. I mean, that sort of style could really be, you know, suit Joshua. But these guys are, you know, born in boxing gyms virtually, whereas Joshua's come to the game late. So it's a difficult one to call. I do feel like he could be going to this fight with a lot of changes that he's trying to implement, which could mean that maybe the early rounds will take a bit of time and he won't be, you know, boxing at his... You know, in his groove, it might take a while. So I think 
something's going a bit later. It could be something that, you know, from a betting angle, could be something that you want to look at. Um, but I think the new trainer, for me, is the, the single biggest question mark in this fight. We're going to get on to what you know, improvements we need to see technically from Joshua in just a second. But let's talk about Jermaine Franklin, otherwise we'll kind of glaze over him completely. And Declan, you know, a lot of boxing fans or kind of, I don't know, casual boxing fans may not have seen Franklin before. Um, he, he did fight in, in London at Wembley Arena in November during the World Cup. So sports fans might be forgiven if they didn't tune in for that one. Um, and, you know, it was anticipated that Dillian White would make light work of him, but that, that wasn't the case. No, I was there covering the fight and I was not surprised, but you never know when these guys come over, particularly they come over from America, they talk a, a good game. He was 20-0, I believe, or 21-0, undefeated certainly. And you never really know what they're going to do when they get hit. We saw it with Trevor Bryan against Daniel Dubois, for instance. You never quite know, but he was really good, very um, compact, economical of what he did, very good at counter-punching. Um, most, well, I say most, a lot of people thought that he won the fight. It was certainly very little in it. White nearly kind of got to him in the 12th round. White's tactics were questionable in the night. Didn't quite do what he, sh what we love him to see him do, and that's be a bit of a kind of dog and really throw caution to the wind. He didn't really do it in that fight. It mm -hmm. didn't help him. So we have to, when we assess Franklin's um, performance in that fight, you have to sort of think, well, what's Dylan White got left as well? The point is, though, is Franklin looked solid. He did so well in that fight that Eddie Hearn, who promoted that one, said, let's get him back over again. I think Anthony Joshua was ringside for that fight, and I believe it seemed that the point of it was White knocks out Franklin in three, four rounds. He shouts at Joshua, they get him head-to-head, -head, they build a fight. Franklin spoiled that party. Mm -hmm. He's here to spoil this party as well. His strange career, he had to stop boxing for a while, he went and became a roofer, and then he came back to boxing. It just goes to show, if you're not at the top end of the sport, you're not really making that much money. Mm -hmm. So he's got this kind of second crack, he got paid well against Dylan White. Dare say he's getting paid well for this. Um, so he's not here to make up the numbers. He suddenly looks in great shape and... Um, I'm interested to see what he does. You know, he's got nothing to lose. And these people, they come to a fight like this with nothing to lose and with all the pressure on the other guy. That like, is not an ounce of pressure on him. Apart from what he puts on himself, he wants to perform, he doesn't want to, you know, make a, he doesn't want to go out there and make an idiot of himself. But I feel like he's going to turn up and fancy the job. Not, not only has he got nothing to lose, George, but also like looking at his... You know, we heard here there he had to go back and be a roofer. He's had the biggest fight of his career so far on the biggest stage, which he feels like he won, and that was taken away from him. So he's got, a, in his mind, a, a right to wrong as well. How important as the underdog going into an occasion like this could that be? Well, this, like, nothing to lose, certainly, but also everything to yeah. gain. Yeah, like, he won't get another opportunity like this. Back-to-back um, you know, -back defeats won't, won't be good enough. And he might have caught um, White at the right time, obviously, coming back from his defeat to Tyson Fury. Um, but he does look in better shape this time round, and he'll know that this is an even better ticket, really, because um, Joshua, without a belt, is still a huge name. It's going to open all the doors for him, and no doubt then he's right in line to fight a Tyson Fury or, or such because of the association. So he'll see... Um, you'll see this as a, a, a tremendous opportunity, and you know is Joshua also coming off the back of a of a defeat? You know, two defeats, and he's been beat by Ruiz. So, when you go in against opposition that has been beat, is that slight comfort there? You know, they can be beat. You can sort of see and suss out and work on what you believe their weaknesses will be. So I think Franklin's in. You know, he's going to be up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. He's going to be really up for the challenge, 
And uh, as Pete says, with a new coach now, with, with Joshua, there might be a couple of rounds that's going to take some bedding in. You know, if he's been working on some new stuff, uh, you know, there might be an opportunity for Franklin to take advantage there. Don't think so. I still think Joshua's <laughs> going to get it, but um, it's heavyweight boxing, and you know sometimes these guys don't quite show up. So it is, it's, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a really tough one. He's not. He's not the biggest heavyweight either, frankly. Mm. Like from Wonder with Joshua, you would think someone big and strong and powerful has the best chance. But Ruiz was a big, strong and powerful. Um, obviously, Usyk's not. But someone like Joseph Parker in his fight with Joshua just struggled to really make a dent in him. Same with like Kubrat Pulev. He's that sort of size heavyweight. So I just wonder, is he going to win a decision in this fight? You've probably got to say no. So is he going to knock Joshua out? That's a big ask, isn't it? But you never know. We've seen it happen before with Joshua as well. He's got a couple of things that, when watching the fight, you were there, Mm -hmm. that look like he's doing some things that Joshua struggled with in the past. He, similar to Ruiz, really, lets his hands go when his opponent's throwing. And and that's something that Joshua's been caught out with. And it's something that I think he's a little bit vulnerable at, is when he throws his shots, he's often not there for the counter. Mm. So do you think, from what you saw, there was something there that... 100%. His counter-punching was very impressive. The only problem with counter-punching, especially with those dimensions, is he's going to have to be in range yeah. for that to happen if yeah. he gets caught. For instance, they both... And Joshua, to, to his credit, is an underrated counter-puncher himself. What they both like to do is slip outside the jab and come back over with the cross. So just size-wise and lever-wise, Joshua is far bigger and longer. So if they're in range like that, you'd have to back him to get that sort of shot off. But you're right... If he can get close to Joshua, yeah. look to the body, then you know he has a chance of breaking him down. And we've seen it happen with Ruiz, who's not a big puncher. He got some pop, but not like a big knockout guy. He so, had a chin there, Ruiz, didn't he? he so did, like, yeah, so, but, <laughs> getting but close. Franklin got hit quite a bit yeah. against White. Um, yeah. Defends him really good, like hand defences, so he, he's comfy in the pocket. Mm. Um, it'll make it competitive, at least. Like, you know, we've seen Charles Martin come over and get hit mm. a couple of times, go over. I don't think it's that sort of fight. I think, I think we'll see... And improved Joshua, it, like <clears throat> he turned he turned professional with Rob McCracken, who's obviously a very experienced pro coach. But at the time, was training GB amateur boxing, and he hadn't had an awful lot of experience as an amateur. Won the gold medal, um, and trained predominantly, I'd imagine, in the amateur gym. Yeah, he did, yeah. And you don't pick up those those pro tips, those pro that pro style, if you're not in the pro gym. And everyone else around him he brought in were either brand new to the sport, it felt like, whether they be sort of on the business end of stuff, outside the robes, or inside the robes. It was only Robert McCracken who sort of had a bit of a track record in, in pro boxing. And it, that trickled along for a long time. He would try and bring in sort of coaches that, that didn't quite work out. But this time, he's gone with an established, you know, quality professional coach all in with them. Yeah. He hasn't brought any of the previous mm-hmm. team. So I think he's, he can't not show up a more rounded pro, just being around the likes of Spence and Charlo. You're going you're gonna to be able to ride a shot better. You're going to be able to sit in the pocket better because the, the coaches are going to be scratching their head if you're not. If you're in spars where you can be encouraging him to have a particular style or a particular way of fighting where you'll have to, you'll have to do that. Yeah. You can look really nice and neat and tidy, um, you know, with the, with the slip, uh, slipping outside, inside, jabbing off it, countering with it, but it still sometimes has that amateur element, which is you only really know or can tell the difference when a guy's been in a pro gym. Yeah. You know, you look at like uh, a, a Liam Smith who's been in the pro gym for so long. Um, sure, a really nice, neat and tidy 
fighter, but he's he's like a wily old pro. He's got yeah. those. He's just got those little pro tips and tricks, and just to get himself through through a fight, rides a shot like a pro. You know that sort of thing. And I think Joshua now we'll probably see that. We see him, Franklin. Obviously, he's he's, he's American. He's, he's he's probably grown up. They have pro am gyms where you know the amateurs are in the gym really early. Um, I'm not exactly sure that far back in his career, but. I think that's what we'll see from Joshua. I think he wants to make a statement. He want to impress. Like, literally, will want to impress Derek James and Errol Spence and those guys because he must go over there and they go, yeah, yeah he lost twice to Usyk there. Mm-hmm. Derek James even said when he watched the Usyk rematch, he was laughing because the tactics were so bad. It must be the first time he'll be in a gym where he won't be the, the, biggest, yeah. the biggest sort of name right in the gym. He's, 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 he's on the bag with Errol Spence yeah. and he's sort of thinking... Yeah. You know, I've yeah. got to prove myself here. Yeah. They might not even fancy me. These boys know are gravy. Completely. And we know that it means a lot to him what people think of Joshua. There's some people who don't care. Like Dylan White, I don't think he cares whatsoever. But I feel like Joshua does care, especially what his peers think of him. So I think he genuinely want, want to go out, want to go back in the dressing room after and Derek James to be like, yeah, fair play, mate. That was really good. And that's, that must be a nice feeling that Someone walks in the gym, Derek walks in the gym, journalist, and he's almost walking past Stanley Joshua to yeah. get a Spence because he's, you know, hey, Joshua, beginning. Right, time then to give our tips to the, to the viewers uh, as to where we think this is going to go. Uh, George, we'll, we'll start with you. Mm. Um, how do you think the fight's going to develop? What, what do you think are the best bets for the fight? I think unless, unless Joshua wants to make that statement that we hinted at, um, and wants to start real quick and catches him early or makes a mistake and gets caught early, which I, I generally don't think that'll be the case. I think it'll be slightly more cautious, a few rounds banged. Um, but I think he stops Franklin. I think he lands something big on him. And I, round betting, mm-hmm. I think I'd go six to nine if we've got a six to nine. Um, seven to nine. Seven, yeah, I think seven to nine. Is, That's 16 to five. Yeah, I think, you know, you never know with heavyweight boxing because it's always one shot. But if I was... If I was comfortable, I wouldn't say if it's going to go for me. If it's going to go past nine, then it might go the distance. But I think, um, yeah, by then Joshua's um, found his measure and he'll look to get rid of him. Joshua, round seven to nine with the zone bet there, uh, 16 to five. Declan, how do you see it? Yeah, I'm similar that I, I see a stoppage for Joshua, but it's a couple of intangibles. The first one that you mentioned, maybe he wants to go out there and just blast him out, which is not out of the question, but he's not really been that early KO guy. I was mm. looking into it. He, so this is his 15th 12-round fights. We've had 14 previous. Only three of those has en- have ended in the first half. And that's Gary Cornish, Charles Martin, which you mentioned, mm. and Eric Molina. So the top guys, he's never put them away early. The, the last one was seven years ago. Alexander Povetkin is the only one to have gone beyond before nine since then, since September 8th. That was September 2018. So all the signs point towards Joshua takes a few rounds to get started, I dare say as well as opponents think this guy always blows down the stretch so mm. I'm just going to keep it tight for a bit, which I'm sure, Franklin, not a big concussive puncher, is not going to go at him. He's going to think, I want to be cute, just want to steal my way through the first few rounds and then maybe take over, maybe land something and then go for it. So I think it'll be cagey-ish start, Josh will be probing. Also, there's so much on the line for him. The pressure mm. on him is in- insane. Like We're talking his career's on the line. So he doesn't want to go out there with his chin in the air trying to clear him out. I think he'll push... Wear him down, grind him down, not take too many chances, and then I think the bet for me is nine between rounds nine and twelve, you can get seven to two on that, mm. and then ten to twelve if you're really thinking championship rounds, that's nine to two, which for me seems like a good bet. You know, when you're looking down the, the odds, that's the one that's sort of winking at me. 
And all equally, <laughs> nine to two, Joshua points. Now, it might seem, seem like a strange pick, but mm. we only saw Lawrence Coley the other day. Sometimes they just, you can't get rid of him. Um, he's gone the distance with, with White. Um, he'll, he'll see it as a feather in the cap to not get stopped in this fight as well, Franklin, I think. Because he knows, he might not, you know, he'll turn up thinking he can win the fight, but he might go, yeah, you know, if I can give a good count myself, just like I did against White, they'll get me over again. Mm. I'll, get, I'll get another fight off the back of this. I'll be a name then. So he will be doing everything he can to stay in there. So points at nine to two as well is a is a bit of a sneaky one. The zone bet also have a total rounds market, which is over seven and a half at four to five. Yeah, that's so good. Just under evens. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. solid as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why you got me on because you just tipped the one. I'm say <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. I've got I've got I've got written down here AJ points nine to two. Yeah, and I've got AJ rounds nine to twelve. Nine, yeah, nine to twelve, ten to two. Sometimes in the heavyweight so, bets though, the points one is the one that yeah, people forget kind of forget I, about. I quite like it. I quite like the points bet because all the things you just basically just said, you know. Going back to you know the, the new trainer, things might take time to bed in. Franklin won't want to you know get blasted out. He he will think that he can if taking down the stretch. You know AJ does tire, yeah. so you can see him keeping it really tight. You can see AJ potentially not being at his best early on. So I think the points bet at nine to two is a, a decent bet. It's eight, like basically an implied probability of eighteen percent. Mm-hmm. So if they fought theoretically you know ten times, less than not. two of them go 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 in the distance. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, like I think. The, the points bet is, 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 a, is, a, is a decent bet. The only other one that I've got, which is, um, has been mentioned, is um, not an exciting bet, but no knockdowns, four to one. Um, I can see, um, well. you can see if AJ does stop him, him getting stopped on his feet. Um, like you said, he, the last thing Franklin want to do is to get blasted out. It looked like he was going to get stopped on his feet at the end of the white. Yeah, well. see, he stayed on his feet, he stayed yeah. up. So he obviously has, you know, that, you know he's, he's not going to take a knee if he doesn't have to and just sort of get counted out, do a Charles Martin, just go over and think, no, I don't fancy this. I think, you know, four to one is, for no knockdowns, is, is a reasonable bet. Um, that covers you then if you want to, you know, back the points. Mm. Um, you cover the no knockdowns and that'll pay out on points, but it'll also pay out if he gets, you know, stopped on his feet later on in the match. So mm. the four to one on that, I think, is, is a reasonable price. The other thing to, think about is what Derek James might be saying to him. I don't know, George, if this ever happened to you or if this even happens, but would there, is there a chance that Derek James is like, you know, just keep, let's work on a few things. Like, there's no reason to get rid of this guy. Let's just try a few things that you could do with some rounds at this point. Can I have a look at you sort of thing? Or is that just... I think commercially, it's well within his interest to, to blast this yeah. guy out. Um, so I think um, he... You know, we've seen we've seen Joshua before in the past throw cautions win or, or need to put shot on the gas and then looks like he's exerted himself way too much, hasn't got rid of the guy and then takes a round or a round and a half to, to come back from it. Um but that said I don't think I think I think it's well within his interest to, to make a huge statement for his own peace of mind, for his own sort of um profile right now to throw Tat back in the in the ring as a real contender. Um because He's disappeared to the States. He's, he's, he's not quite the same buzz around that Joshua week as there has been. Um, granted, we're here talking about it, so it must be <laughs> something. But, um, but right no, it, you know, it's it, the sort of the urgency about, you know, Joshua Fury, Joshua Fury, it's, it's not the same. So, so that's because of the opponent? Or do you think generally the, the, the buzz around Joshua has, has, has died down a bit? I think everything, everything yeah. combined. You know, it's not a world title fight. I mean, Deck will be able to answer what 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 takes status in a, in a in a newspaper. Do you know what I mean? If it's not for one of the major belts, um, is it because he's coming off the back of a loss? Is it because 
he's up against like the likes of Tyson Fury, who just is a you know a, a big personality, a big talker. I think he's lost a lot of casual fans as well. Yeah. After yeah. what happened, there and that's that's harsh. You know, like he might be thinking, where's the yeah. Where's, where's, where's the fan base? Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they come out for the big fights, but are they, we want to feel we are um, right now. And mm. training in the States makes a difference. I think it makes a huge difference. Mm. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're not abroad, so he's not sitting ringside at every other show, getting his face on the, on the telly. He's not popping into, you know, the, the TV networks, channels, you know, just showing, him, showing his face. Um, so sport moves on quick, you know. <laughs> what, what price he grabs the mic and sings "Where's the Love" at the end of this fight? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing is, that from a PR perspective, it's been a weird job. I say weird. They, they have a very certain way of doing it with Joshua. He doesn't do any, many interviews mm. at all. He doesn't like what you say, Tyson Fury. Fury's all over the shop on social media. I saw a thing he did the other day where he was he was doing a voiceover for a bin. You know, he's everywhere. He do he do all of it, <laughs> and everyone talks about him. Whereas Joshua barely heard from him. Mm. He did his presser. He had no access to him apart from that. Uh, and he cleared off to America and he's doing his thing. And that's just what happens. And what happens is people, you just fall out of the limelight a little bit. I think at the time of recording, you could buy a ticket for this fight at the O2, which says a lot about Joshua fights. Mm. Having said that, it's the first fight, I believe, in eight years, first Joshua fight that isn't on pay-per-view on some platform, on the zone, free to air, but not, you know, you haven't got to pay an extra bolt on for that. Yeah which says a lot about the status of this fight, the status of Joshua, but also the status of Franklin, and therefore what the narrative of this fight, and that's get back on the horse, and then we'll see what happens after that. And also a, a need to have a highlight real yeah. KO. In get my, people my talking opinion. again. Yeah. Yeah. But let's talk about the general landscape of the heavyweight division, because it's obviously a lot of noise at the moment. Um, maybe not about this fight, but about uh, <laughs> hypothetical fights. Um, George, what, what do you make of the whole Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk uh, controversy at the moment and what it means for the sport in general? Yeah, I mean, I'm, it seemed like an impossible date for them to uh, agree a deal on. It's a, it's a mega, mega, mega fight. So although uh, Alexander Usyk is happy to travel, he fights in everyone else's back garden, he seems to be the worst negotiator in history. He's like, whatever you want, like, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. It's like, he's happy to be there. He backs himself. I think that's purely all it is. He backs himself. But, um, yeah, I think for, for, for Fury, PRY didn't quite get it, get it. He's not quite getting it right at the moment. You know, he, he couldn't put a foot wrong, you know, a year or two ago. Um, and when in your, if you're fighting someone, if you're fighting a Deontay Wilder who is the villain or when Joshua's coming off the back of a loss so it's easier to, to go after him but Usyk he's entertaining he, he hasn't put a foot wrong so uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one to make I would love to see one undisputed champion in the heavyweight mm. division but at the same time personally I'm not too fussed if, mm. if it doesn't happen I like the I like there being more than one belt <laughs> I like there being numerous world title fights yeah. uh, throughout the year um, would have been nice yeah, it would have been it would have been nice, but I, I wanted I want four or five months of chat about once it's signed, sealed, delivered, we know it's happening, and then to build into it, um, not four months. weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it did seem like a very fast turnaround. Yeah, and I feel like what happened. You're right. Fury's been, got hammered mm. for the for the fallout in this, and I don't really think it's all him to blame. I feel like they pushed that date on him. On Fury, thinking like he wouldn't be ready, and then they could move on. To be honest, put the pressure on, and it, it worked. Mm. He said yes, and they were like, "Oh." Then they said, "Okay." Fury said seventy thirty, and he said okay. But then when they looked at the nuts and bolts of it, apparently we're told 
Alex Krasik, who's, who's the promoter, said there was a big long list of things that they couldn't agree on. I spoke to Frank Warren last week and he said there was one thing, and that was the rematch clause split. So we're talking about a fight of that magnitude falling out of bed because of the clause in the rematch. Mm. It's so disappointing. Yeah. Such a bad look for boxing as well. And what I think happens here is they go their separate ways. And it's not like they can just come again in September, as far as I can see, because he's going to have to fight Dubois for his WBA mandatory. Who knows, Dubois might win. I wouldn't have thought so. But then he's going to have to defend his IBF mm. against Filip Pogovic. Dare say WBO will probably call him mandatory. So straight away, you're like, maybe they fight, but it won't be for all the belts. It would seem like that tiny little window. But maybe it's not the, the end of the world. Maybe they go again, whoever's got the WBA, or maybe vacates it. Maybe vacates the WBA and fights Deontay Wilder in Saudi for 100 million. And then you're like, okay, that makes sense. Dubois fights for the vacant title. We'll think about it again in a year. But it was a shame. And for the casual fan looking at the sport, all you're, we're told about is that fight's going to happen. And then overnight, it's not happening anymore. Mm. And you think, how am I supposed to get on board with this sport? But that's just the way it is. As a sort of mother fan, you guys are more involved in the industry, I, I always look at it, it's very frustrating for fans. Yeah. You know, you just think, surely you can work this out. And it feels like there's a certain element of greed involved, you know, and we're talking about very rich blokes at the end of the day who've made a lot of money and you think you can surely work this out. But, you know, the other thing is, I don't think it'd actually be that good a fight. No, I think it's a stinker. So, so well. I'm not actually, I'm saying, <laughs> I actually don't mind that it's not going to happen. And so who, see, who, what, what fights would you want to see happen in the heavyweight division? Um, I actually prefer to see you see first Dubois, probably. From a purely that spectacle, you know, I think that would be better mm. in terms of the actual fight. Um, I Wilder, mean, Wilder, Usyk. Well, I would, Wilder, Usyk, great great fight. Fight. I think I think Joshua um, Wilder is a great that's fight. That's the fight. I mean, that's the, for me. That is yeah. would be a great fight. Um, the one sort of person I'm really looking forward to seeing in the top in the top fight is Joyce as well. Mm. I think Joyce would be a nightmare for. Well, might yeah. I think Joyce yeah. gives Fury a run for his money. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, you can't you can't you can't outbox Fury or Joyce can't outbox Fury, but. Wow, he's gonna he's gonna be on him his all night long. Moment. That's a nightmare yeah. for yeah. Fury. Yeah. Mm. Um, who's just got to lay on him, push him, punch him? Yeah. It, it, it'll be. It, it doesn't sound like it'll be in, an interesting fight to watch, but it, mm, it yeah. will be. It'll be. A, it will be a really good fight to watch. Greed is an interesting point with them because what's happened is Saudi has totally skewed the market, and you'll know because you box there yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, for it to defend the world title there. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he so Usyk's got paid millions upon millions to box Joshua there. Then he's hoping that the Fury fight goes to Saudi. He's going to make another mm. pot load. Then it's at Wembley. Straight away, that pot decreases massively. And then he has to take 30% of the cut. So then he's straight away thinking, I'm in the biggest fight of my life, the biggest, being told the biggest fight in heavyweight history, and I'm only getting this much money. I could vacate this belt and get three times as much of fighting Wilder in three months' time. I'll do that instead. <coughs> And that is that greed or is it that just business sense? Yeah. Well, Fury hasn't tasted the Saudi money yet. No, he was out there, there with his brother. The other, yeah, yeah. The other thing, oh, <laughs> this could be pretty cool. So yeah, yeah who knows? But um, yeah, it was the same with Joshua when he was talking about him fighting Wilder. Mm. Is that in the end, him and Wilder would have had to have split a pot this big, or he could have just boxed Povetkin and given him the small end of the money and got yeah. paid the same amount for yeah, a yeah. far less difficult fight in the fight where he's gonna. Retain his belts instead of getting chin bite or potentially chin bite. Exactly. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so it's all, it's the split is the, the thing, and they just couldn't agree it. And I, my worry is that if Joshua, well, even if he wins this fight, but he hasn't got a belt at the moment. So in any negotiation with someone like Tyson Fury, 
he's gonna, you know, they're gonna try and have his pants down, and then the fight won't happen, which is disappointing. There's also to defend the fighters. <laughs> it's also ego. Like yeah, yeah. it's not necessarily always about money. It, mm. The money is more about the ego. It's the percentages is about I'm the man. Yeah. You're not. You, we're arguing about this. So usually when the money's agreed, the promoter thinks, oh, job done, here we go. And then they're arguing about Who who's got the bigger dressing room yeah. and whose name goes first on the poster. And, and, mm. all the, and all their, they're all little wins that might pay a uh, dividend on fight. Were you, quite, were you like that when you were negotiating? Were you, I'm coming out? Yeah, but I wasn't, you know, you can, I'd, I'd moan about everything. Wherever <laughs> I've got it, you know, that's a different thing. But... Um, yeah, you know, I had I had, ho- I had the home dressing room for Wembley Stadium against Rush. Yeah. yeah, which I thought. That's a cool one, yeah. I said, I'm fighting in London at home, so I'll have the home dressing room. <laughs> that was all I got. But <laughs> well, I did have a bus for the ring walk. Yeah, <laughs> got a lift in. But, um, so, but I think I think that, that you know, and, and what, essentially what they're arguing about is when once Usyk wins, that's why there's a rematch. Usyk wins, he takes all the belts. I think if Joshua wins and Joshua says no rematch, then... Usyk's, you know, at the mm. short end of the draw. Mm. But um, then you're arguing about, is is the rematch a 50-50 when Usyk's got all the belts and, and um, Fury don't? And if it's in Saudi, does, does Fury doesn't necessarily have any more value in Saudi Arabia than Usyk does. Yeah, no. Probably Joshua's got the most amount of value out mm. there. He's already boxed out there and won. So... If, if there yeah. was an overarching body, then they could make rules. Like, for instance, I don't think there should be rematch clauses for... Unifications makes no sense to me. Yeah. Where where rematch clause makes sense if you have a voluntary and you pluck someone and you say, "Come on, I'm giving you the opportunity," but if something go mad happens here, I want to my I want you to repay me. Yeah. But in a situation where you have got all the belts on the table split, not evenly, but three and one, but Fury's the bigger draw. I have no. There should be no rematch clause. Like yeah. Why Why would you do it? Doesn't seem healthy for the sport, does it? Not at all. And if Usyk wins, he has all the belts. He's the undisputed heavyweight champion then he can shop around. Yeah, and yeah. shopping, actually, the rematch would probably be the biggest fight. And then, he can, mm. then you can negotiate terms. But it makes no sense to, to try and arrange that now and in the end, nothing happens because of yeah. that clause. It's a yeah. shame. But who could possibly police that? Nobody can because it's fight to fight. Just to tie up on, on AJ before we move on to the undercard briefly and get Peter's thoughts on that. I mean, Johnny Nelson's come out in the last day or so and said that if, if Joshua loses this, he should retire. Um, do you think that's fair and do you think that's possible or likely? Uh, yeah, I think if he, if, he, if he loses, it is possible um, and, and, and likely because surely he's got enough out of boxing now to be happy with what he's got. So uh, and does he really want to come again? There will be a, be, a lot to come, it'll be a lot to overcome and come back from. Um, but at the same time, he must feel like for the last... 10, 12 years, however long he's been boxing, his life is boxing, and how does he identify in the real world not being a fighter? You know, that's what a lot of fighters struggle with. So, um, I think I think that's I think it's a fair statement to make if you're asked it. It's an interesting moment. You hear it quite a lot when somebody loses a big fight and they say, I oh, you know, should probably retire. Again, for a fan's perspective, I always think, why? You know, mm-hmm. if there's still a reasonable fight out there, maybe not at the world championship level, but still a good fight. I see Joshua in with quite a lot of good domestic fighters. Mm-hmm. I, there's fights out there that you'd be interested to see him in, maybe not at the top level, but you know, why, for, like, for my place, why would you know, why would you, you know, yeah. think that he should retire? Mm. Um, if he can still make money and he still wants to fight, then you know, yeah, you know, like if he's if he's on the decline, uh. And he might box another five, six times and, and lose a half-half record. Yeah. Then say, we'll go out sort of on top where you are yeah. now. You've got enough money. It's not about money anymore. 
Um, but sure, if you want to, if you love fighting and you think you can be in exciting fights like Joshua versus Wilder, like yeah. he's in that position now without the belt, where this fight's probably a hundred times easier to make yeah. than when he does, yeah. when he is champion or when they're both champions. So we want to see. Joshua against Fury, we want to see Joshua against Wilder, and I'm sure there's, there's many more fights, and there's guys coming through. We want to see Joshua Joyce, Joshua Dubois, but only only he will want to be there mm. if he's winning. Well, I guess if he loses to Franklin, those fights probably aren't really going to be there for you. Yeah. I suppose yeah. you can lose to Franklin, you know. They're, they're looking at him as a name to, to take off, you know, yeah. as a, a gatekeeper to the division and yeah. a big name. Uh, Dubois yeah, thinking, if I get rid of Joshua, He's a big name, former world champion. Yeah. He, he doesn't really want to fall into that. Yeah. But then the other side of that coin, Declan, is we, you know, we've, if he does beat him easily, as you know, you guys all anticipate that he might do, even if not that easy. And George mm. has said that we might see improvements because of the situation in terms of his, his training. Could you ever see a pathway for him to get back to being heavyweight champ again? It's a hard one. Timing-wise, might help him. And like I say, if the belts fragment, then yes. Mm. But. The problem we've got is if we if we had got an undisputed champion and Joshua's arriving at the table to negotiate with with no belt, he has to take a really small purse, even despite being the commercial draw that he is. Is is he going to campaign to get himself back into a mandatory position? It kind of seems unlikely at this point. I think like Billy Joe Saunders, for instance, he he had the Canelo fight, made all the money, lost, and then it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to have to go and like go back out and you know get a few twelve rounders, get a few wins and work my way back in it's just not going to happen because mm. once you've kind of been there is he going to be able to he, do that he's still one of the commercially most valuable heavyweights yeah. out there so he's if he he's only got a ring uh, Mendoza or Solomon or someone and yeah. say do throw in the WBC and say this Franklin fight at the weekend we'll make it WBC final eliminate yeah, yeah, yeah sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll make you we'll make you a new one that's going to have your face on it it's yeah. Andy, the Anthony Joshua WBC belt and it will be straight back uh, so I think it's not that struggle where fighting your way back no. into a manager position. But it would take him a year. It's going to take me a year because the IBF already have a, their, their manager challenger and you know Joyce is going to be there for Fury and whatnot. And you think, what's the path? Hmm. It doesn't matter. Like you say, it's going to, if he's in good fights, it doesn't really matter at all. And say, say they did make a wilder fight, which I must say seems unlikely at this point, but it would be colossal. And if he knocks out Deontay Wilder, then straight away his value... Rockets again, and then the Fury fight becomes. I, do you know what? I wouldn't rule it out that he beats Franklin. Maybe Joyce loses to Jack. I mean, I, I wouldn't pick that myself, but maybe we get Joshua Fury this year. Maybe, but you, ne- you never know. <laughs> I don't want to say it because it's just like you know the ball's just going to be rolling. Eddie's trying his best, and when I had lunch yeah. with Frank last week, he he was saying, "I don't want to talk about that fight," and he's a promoter. He should be. Whether it's going to happen or not, mm. he's like, "I don't want to talk about that fight." I haven't spoken to Tyson about it. He doesn't want it to be fair, it's because he doesn't want to publicise this Joshua fight. Yeah. But they're not thinking that yet. But it makes an awful lot of sense, doesn't it, when you think about the timing. Yeah. Fury needs a dance partner in the summer in a massive fight. Joshua is maybe just about to come through a fight and get himself back in the picture. Why not? It's as good a time as any. Right, on then to the undercards. Um, where Peter, you, you can take us away. Does own bet have prices at the moment? And um, for just one of them, I'm sure they'll come up uh, up to the fight on Saturday. Um, Cash uh, Signani is the is the fight that they've got up with Cash being the eleven on favourite. Um, how do you see these ones going? Um, I think Cash should should handle Signani. I'm quite interested to see how he, how he how he goes because they've got Emma Williams on the undercard as well, mm. which is the fight I think they're looking to make after this. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Cash gets on. Um, I was really high on him after he beat Denzel Bentley. Um, I thought this this guy's gonna you know go to the top top level. 
Um, he's had some performances since then that are maybe a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, if, he's, if he's not at his best, I think Amo Williams will, will beat him quite handily. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how he gets on. I think Signani, as we talked about earlier, I think he's at 43. 43. Um, <laughs> so he's in for the European. For a middleweight, so, that's, that's yeah. older. So, yeah. he, so he should, I think this is a fight he should come through. Yeah. Um, and in the past, he's looked really aggressive. And when he has people hurt, he's put them away. His performance against Bettany was, you know, top draw. I think his, in his last fight, like he, you know, he didn't look as aggressive. He didn't look as sort of didn't look on the, on, on the ball to one street. So it'll be it's one that'll be interesting. Um, the other the other one, Fabio Wardley's on the undercard as well. Mm. Um, who we talk about the heavyweights? You know, he's he's somebody who who's who's you know coming up in his career. I think he's fifteen zero now. Um, British champion, British champ. So mm. you know, he's somebody that in the future. They're talking him fighting um, Fraser Clark, Clark, isn't it? But so, there's, a, there's a clutch of them at that level, yeah. and obviously he's got the British title at the moment. But he's fighting Michael Coffey, whose actually full name is Michael Polite Coffey, which is kind of. <laughs> but uh, that's my favourite type of business meeting. Yeah. But, uh, so, so you know, should come through there. I mean, we were told by anyone, uh, we were told by Eddie and everyone after we knocked out Nathan Gorman for the, to win the British title that he will be the headline attraction now. That's all that's left for him. He's going to headline, and then. He's on the undercard. So that's why they put this as chief support in this because you know, it's a big opportunity for him. The Fraser Clark fight is very interesting because yeah. you've got Fraser Clark who had, I don't know, 200 amateur bouts. I don't know, but you know, he's a long-term Olympian, everything, all of that. And then you've got Fabio Wardley, never had an amateur bout in his life. Six or seven white collars, been in the club as well, Fabio yes. Wardley. Uh, so it's a, great, it's, a, it's a great fight and a real good backstory there. But there's loads of them at that level. Mm. Wardley at the moment, with the British... British title and whatnot, he's sort of the most, um, he's the one who has the most seasoning so far as a professional, but you've got Solomon Baker's there, you've got David Adelaide who's with, with Frank Warren, um, obviously Wardley and Clark, they're all, they're all there or thereabouts, so it could be really interesting times, yeah. or maybe they get kept apart. It's a nice domestic scene, like if, you could, if yeah. the fights get made, there's some really interesting fights there, um, yeah. Adelaide, he looked. Really, I thought he finished the other day when he went to the yeah. body and up to the head, and the left hook was. Um, he looked sharp, you know. It's interesting to see who who who's got the higher ceiling. Again, we talked about this earlier. I think, mm. you know, Fraser Clark's got that real seasoning. He's, he's been in the in the amateurs for uh, a long time. That, in a way, in the pro game, can sometimes be a negative because you haven't got those, all those pro stars George, you're talking about in terms of picking up, you know, those ways to survive when you're hurt and also to really you know, hurt your opponent over twelve rounds. So. Yeah, I mean, it really looks good for the, for the British you know, heavyweight scene. There's some good fighters in there. Brilliant. Exciting stuff. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to this, our AJ versus Franklin preview. Thank you for sharing your tips and insight to my guests, George, Declan and Pete. And a reminder, of course, of Bet's offer as well. AJ to win by any method boosted from 12 on, 1 to 12 to 10 to 1. The offer is available to all DAZN-VET customers, uh, new and current, uh, from Thursday the 30th of March. Max stake, £1, and winnings will be paid in cash. There is a link in the description below. Uh, enjoy the fight. Promises to be a cracker. Hopefully a couple of winners from the guys in there as well. Please do ensure that you're gambling responsibly.